A reading from Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other language, languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Renew our faith. Renew our trust. Let us grow into the church that you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So, since we haven't been preaching out of Acts, I'm going to summarize some parts of the story that are in Acts. So, Acts is written by Luke. It's part of the Gospel of Luke. It goes into Luke-Acts. And so Jesus is telling the disciples some things to do. He orders them to wait in Jerusalem until they receive power from the Holy Spirit. And then they will be witnesses to the Gospel to the ends of the earth. After he shares those words with the disciples, 
he ascends into heaven, and the disciples return to the upper room in Jerusalem, and there the disciples and the women devote themselves to prayer. After they have been praying a while, Peter says that it's necessary to appoint a disciple to replace Judas. It's important to that early church that there be 12, relating back to the 12 tribes of Israel. And so they replace Judas with Matthew or Matthias. The, the requirement for the lottery ticket was that the person had to be a witness to Christ and to the resurrection in order to be a disciple. So there were two, Justice and Matthias, and Matthias won. It's interesting then to think about why that happens like that. And it's actually a teaching that the twelve disciples, the first action of the church is horizontal. The replacing of Judas was a horizontal act dealing with people, dealing with people. On the also, there is a vertical part of that fulfillment, and that is they were praying to God that the one would be chosen to replace Judas. So it was a vertical ascent to God and a horizontal placement of faith. So the question then becomes for us, what is the true purpose of our lives? Three answers. The first answer is, God has given us a framework to live in this world. And that framework is that vertical and horizontal we are called to love God, and we're called to love neighbor. That's the framework. And implied in that is that our lives are not our own to do as we please. Our calling is to love God by loving neighbor. That's how we fit our life. Second, we live our life under the tent of God's love. We look to God for guidance in how we live our lives, but underneath that question is the tent, the tent of love. We walk by faith, not sight. So we pray to God for a specific answer in how to live our life. And for most of us, the specific answer will not be answered. For most of us, we have to do like Luther told us. Choose your path boldly. We don't know what the right path is, 
to God, to please God, but we chose, we choose that which we think is right to please God because we know that that tent of love covers all of our decisions. And the third framework is that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, 28, that was read, we know that in all things work together for the good of those who love God. So we make a decision on what we think God wants us to do for God's church. And then we pray and we trust. And knowing that nothing separates us from God. Sometimes we make a bad decision about what's best for God's church. And then we have the promise. Bad promises do not separate us from God. We are a people claimed by Jesus, and we are a people committed to Jesus. So we choose and we decide and we act all understood by the power of love. And that brings us to the Acts reading today. We learn that the Holy Spirit increases our love for one another. Did you catch the part? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily who were being saved. That's the text just after our text. But did you catch what was going on on this day of Pentecost? They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And God added to them. So on this Pentecost day, the Holy Spirit not only excited and empowered the people, it brought them closer together. Oh, I almost forgot. By the way, happy birthday. Yeah? Pentecost, day of the church, birthday of the church. So, happy birthday. Yeah. There's a story about a man from Kentucky who traveled to St. Louis on business. This was long enough ago that he traveled by train and he kept the Sabbath. And so that meant that he would work up until Saturday, but he would not travel on Sunday and he would travel back on Monday. 
So on Sunday morning, the man left the hotel looking for a place to worship. And he came to a policeman, and he asked him directions to the nearest church. The policeman gave him directions, and the man thanked him and turned and started walking off. And then he turned around to the policeman and said, Why do you recommend that particular church? It seems that there would be churches closer than that one. And the policeman smiled and said, I'm not a church man myself, but the people who come out of that church are the happiest-looking church people in St. Louis. And I thought that would be the kind of church you would like to attend the happiest-looking Christians coming out of a church. That is you. You are that church. You are the people that come out of church looking happy. You are the church that Pentecost is about, where they break bread and eat and praise God. That is the church that you are. When you show your love to one another, we enjoy being in fellowship with Christ, and people come to share it with us. Day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God has been released into the world. The Spirit is no longer constrained. The Spirit is set free. And that spirit of life that God has that raised Jesus to resurrection, raised all creation to new life, is the one who created the church. Stop and think. Those early Christians... They are the ones who forsake everything to follow the carpenter of Nazareth. They are the ones who could not deny that he touched their lives. They were the ones who were heartbroken at the cross. And they were the ones who were confused at the empty tomb. And where were these people? God moved in Pentecost in a new way, and these people were part of it. They were all there, all of them. They were in the same place, all together, in one place. In spite of all the confusion, in spite of all the change, in spite of understanding Christ as as one who would save them, in spite of all this, they were together in one place. And that is you. You people are in one place in this journey of faith. We know that we cannot be the church by ourselves. We know that we do it together. And when we do church together, we have the right tools to get everything done. 
This Pentecost day shows us God's kingdom. This Pentecost day shows us the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us together. We understand each other. And in that power, we can be the church. Amen.